You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Inside the mad lab that's getting robots to walk and jump like us. By Matt Simon. I stand in front of a lanky, two-legged robot stomping along a treadmill. I watch, all impressed, until the researcher next to me tells me to trip it. The thing looks expensive, so I hesitate. Really, he tells me, it's okay, and he probably knows better than I do... So I drag my foot along. So I drag my boot along its shin like a good soccer trip. The robot stammers, yet recovers. And then again, and again. No matter how much I pester it, the thing just keeps stomping. I keep feeling guilty. Here in the Amber Lab at Caltech, they call this disturbance testing, not assault. Which makes me feel a bit better. There's a point to it, by the way. These researchers are doing everything they can to not just master robotic walking, but to prepare these machines for life in the real world. But why robots with legs? What's wrong with wheels? Nothing, except that truly useful robots will have to be able to tackle everything humans can. That means we have to have walking robots that go on grass, on gravel, on snow, on ice, says roboticist Aaron Ames who runs Amber Lab, that stands for Advanced Mechanical Bipedal Experimental Robotics. So how do we make that extension? How do we get robots to work in these very unstructured, unknown environments? At its core, the work here is about developing the mathematics of bipedal locomotion. Mathematically understand walking, and at a fundamental level, you're going to be able to not only walk, but walk efficiently, walk dynamically, and walk in a way that's human-like in its simplicity and beauty, says Ames. The bipedal robots that walk this world are governed by the same basic mathematical functions. The robot that I tried to trip, it's relatively simple. It's attached to scaffolding, so it only has to worry about going forwards and backwards, not tipping side to side. What Ames and his team can do is test out some new algorithms here, optimize them, and then port them to a more complex robot. We're going to ultimately find that we're missing something. So we go back to the simpler robot and we iterate, says Ames. Take jumping, for instance. Up against a wall in the Amber Lab is a robot that bounces up and down a scaffolding like a piston. 
We start simple, and we get it to hop, says Ames. And then when we understand that we can do things like graduate it to Cassie and make Cassie jump... Cassie, if you're wondering, is a pair of robotic ostrich-looking legs that'll set you back several hundred thousand dollars. It's a research platform, so it's relatively easy for scientists like Ames to fiddle with its code and pull new tricks. Over at the University of Michigan, for instance, they've been making Cassie walk through fire and ride a Segway, because why the hell not? The Amber Lab, though, has figured out how to make Cassie jump, which is way more difficult than it sounds. You have to crouch down. You have to compress all those springs. You have to jump off, says Ames. You have this airtime where you can't interact with the world at all, and you have to land and then stick that landing. The result is a robot with some serious velociraptor vibes. Even if for our visit, Cassie was having trouble sticking the landing. So robots in this lab are jumping and stomping and surviving disturbance testing. Great for the robots, but also great for humans, because Ames and his team are taking what they're learning and applying it to a one-of-a-kind robotic prosthesis, Ampro. All the things we're shooting for in walking robots, we're trying to achieve on prosthetics, says Ames. So we want efficient walking, efficient for the user as well as the device. Ampro's efficiency comes from its clever interfacing with the user. The battery-powered prosthetic... The battery-powered prosthetic has a motor in the knee and in the ankle, which are paired with springs. It also uses a sensor that detects where the user is in their gait and reacts accordingly, powering the motors to move the prosthesis in sync with the wearer. Not only does that make for a more efficient movement, but a more dynamic, natural one as well. You don't want to have somebody that might be an amputee only walking around right, says Ames. They should be able to restore more life function, like running, playing soccer, or jumping. All the things we're working on here. As they achieve a new behavior on a robot, they then translate that advance over to the prosthetic to improve the mobility of the user. Developing biped robots isn't just about developing biped robots, at least not in this lab. It's about taking insights into locomotion and applying them to robotic mobility and human robotic mobility. So what begins as a simple trip or a bounce or a leap ends up as an algorithm that spreads across the robotic spectrum. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more – and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.